When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Freya Riding. And it's a wonderful chat. I mean, Freya has some energy. You're going to hear it. And it's so lovely to have have an impassioned chat where somebody's literally bursting with excitement about new music coming out. And, and that kind of beautiful retrospective, nostalgia-laced look back over the songs that have been really important uh, in, her, in her life so far. Um, you're in for a treat today. Uh, before we get on with um, today's chat... I just want to say some thank yous. So I'd like to thank Scroobius Pip. Uh, Scroobius Pip is the, the daddy, the godfather, the podfather of the Distraction Pieces Network. And obviously you all know Pip. Pip's got one of the biggest podcasts in the world and it's wonderful. Uh, and this podcast you're listening to right now is very proud to be part um, of the Distraction Pieces Network. There's so many other amazing podcasts on there. Go, go check it out and, uh, and go give them a listen. Very proud to be part of it. I'd also like to thank the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast. It's an amazing true crime podcast. Go check it out. And, uh, and the team over there are responsible for producing this podcast. So, so big thanks to them. If this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, we've been going ages. We're like fast approaching 500 episodes. Um, when you get to the end of today's uh, Ace Chat with Freya, Go and explore the back catalogue because, well, there's lots of amazing chats to be had with some incredible um, creative talents. Um, artists as diverse as Motley Crue's Tommy Lee through to the Foo Fighters, through to the Killers, um, through to, gosh, Aloe Black, um, Yellow Wolf, through to Public Enemy, Fatboy Slim, Swade. Amazing acting talents, Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, uh, David Duchovny. And then you've got a, a wonderful comedians that I've been super thrilled to chat to, like Maisie Adam, James Acaster, Ed Gamble. Uh, they're all on there. There's hundreds and hundreds of all your favourite musicians, actors, comedians, producers. Go, go and have a good rummage in the archive when you finish listening to today's Ace Chat with Freya. Um if you'd like to support the podcast, I'd encourage you to do so because that'd be really nice. Um, and it's really simple. You can just tell your mates about this podcast. I'm on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So what you can do is you can go and follow them uh, or share it um, or retweet it. Um, all of that stuff. That's all free. 
Um, and it really helps. Um, and whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, you can follow us on there. Um, and then you won't even have to worry about it. And each week, two episodes will just pop up on your listening device and you can uh, you won't miss any of the chats then. So I'd, I'd love it if you could do that. And you can also leave a review. These things, you always hear podcasters asking listeners to do that. But it does help. Um, if you can leave a review, that'd be amazing. And I do a thing called Patreon, which uh, this is the bit where I start to sort of, uh, well, I start to beg a little. But um, Patreon's an amazing little thing that um, exists in the world where creators get to sort of put a, a, a body of work out on this platform. And uh, and it's it's behind a paywall, um, but I'm very aware that times are tough at the moment. So I keep it to 70 pence a month, which translates to, a, it's a dollar a month. Um, and what I do for that, for that 70 pence, is I'll give you two video episodes every week. You can go and watch all of the chats if you'd like to do that. Um, you get access to a back catalogue of hundreds and hundreds of other episodes um, and you also get access to loads of radio shows where I play some great music and uh, and chat very enthusiastically um, uh, about some songs and stuff. Um, just felt for some reason I had to explain what a radio show is then. I don't know why I had to do that. Um, but uh, there's loads of playlists go up. And the best bit about it is once a month we do a live show and it's on Zoom and you can all come along. If you want to stay kind of like, you don't really want to put your face on it, leave the camera off, leave your mic off, just turn up and, uh, and and watch it that way. Alternatively, please come along, turn your computer, uh, turn your camera on, and and get stuck in. And we all we all bring little records to the table. We pick a question from the podcast, um, and I let everybody know in advance, and then we all just meet up and we just chat about uh, our memories um, and the records that are attached to their memories, and it's lovely. It's a really non-judgy, it's not a cool indie thing where everyone's trying to be super cool with obscure records. It's it's just a lovely thing that we do once a month. Um, I think you can go and listen to a couple of them. I've released them uh, if you want to get a kind of feel for what it is. And it's lovely, a really friendly atmosphere. And there's a real nice bunch of people over there that, that come to these shows. Um, and so all of that um, will cost you 70 pence a month. And that 70 pence um, goes in the pot to help sort of cover the cost of keeping the, the, the two free episodes coming out each week. So um, you can find out about that um, directly on Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. Or you can just go to the one stop shop, which is the website, and there's links to everything on there. And that's off the beat and track podcast.com. Right, let's get on with it. Please enjoy today's episode of Off the Beat and Track Podcast with the delightful Freya Ridings. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Frere, how are you, mate? I'm really good, thank you. Is it Stu? It is, it is, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's amazing. Absolute I'm pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Right, Frere, we start this in the most obvious way, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the song which you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. So, the song that I would regard as having the greatest ever intro is Gloria Jones' Tainted Love, the single version. Tell me why. 
I just, when I was listening through to my songs, there was, there was quite a lot of like strong kind of, I listened to a lot of music from the, like the 70s, like late 60s and 70s, pretty much all I listened to. Yeah. With a few modern bits sprinkled in, but that's about it. The main majority of the Sunday is music from that time. But yeah, I just think as an iconic, like, you know, the baseline of the dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. I think it just has to be like one of, if not the greatest intros of songs of all time. I was like, I love it. Yeah. And I really loved the Marilyn Manson one when I was growing up. But then I, I was trying to be a goth when I was younger and it was not my thing. But then I heard that version. I was like, oh my God, this is the version that I actually yeah. love, love, love. Um, so then I fell in love with this version. Wonderful. I love the fact that you completely bypassed Soft Cell in the middle that had the global hit with it. But I know. <laughs> I think I like the slightly like, niche versions of stuff. Like not intentionally, just like yeah. I like an underdog. Yeah. The, the Gloria Jones version is just ridiculously good, and and it is. It's like as as much as it's that sort of northern soul feel to it. It is that baseline that just drives it all the way through. Yeah, and I'm interested Iconic. to ask you this after what you've just said about your, you know, you're obsessed with that kind of 60s, 70s um, music, and releasing music in 2022. Yeah. The, there's a lot of industry pressure on the the relevance and the the benefits of things like TikTok and Spotify yeah. playlists and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at some of the you know a lot of the music from the periods that you spoke about, there yeah. can be monster long intros and you know and, yeah. and a, a good minute before you get a vocal, let alone a drum beat or anything. And in this True. day and age, labels would freak. And go. Well, hang on a minute. Why? Why? Why have you not started with the chorus? Why is it not? And so, what I want to mm. ask you, Frary, is when you come to, to to making music, how much of those kind of things that that I guess is is how a lot of people consume music now? How yeah. many of them sort of TikToks and the pressure to get on these playlists and such like? How much of that filters through into your creative process? It's so interesting you say that because I think. There is there is a lot of pressure on artists like sort of breaking through to use TikTok as their main thing. And there is there is a level like I am addicted to TikTok. I just can't stop watching it. But when it comes to like making them and stuff, it can't beat the importance of like the emotional connection with your fans. Like that's just it's a just a new vessel yeah. for that. And it's it's kind of crazy that, you know, there are so many songs that are like TikTok viral. Like some of my favorites are like Tom O'Dell Another Love, like I went to see him in like Hoxton Bar and Grill like in 2013 with like 40 people there because I saw a video and I was like, I was spellbound. I was like, I love piano music. I love piano ballad. This is unreal. And I turned up and I was, and then the next day he was nominated or won the Brit for like best new yeah. artist. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but it was always wild to me that that album didn't do like, it wasn't bigger. Sure. Because I was like, I'm obsessed with that album, Long Way Down, like all his music. I love him to bits. So the fact that that song, like, I think, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I feel like his record label of some reason were like, you know, you're doing stuff that's too sort of artistic, too like niche now. And they like dropped him or something, or he was like wanted to get out of his deal. And then his song like what massively viral on TikTok went over like a billion streams. And I just, for me, like that's just so reassuring because there is no time scale for a song to connect, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of labels are kind of like they want to see the day one like that. They want to see it just like that. And a lot of these they're slow burns. They're like they're fireplaces. They're not fireworks. And I think my dad has always championed my songwriting, but it's his biggest passion in life. And he'd leave songwriting books around the house. And his favorite thing 
to kind of champion and talk about is that like, you know, emotional furnace at the heart of a song. Like no matter what you're singing about, people can feel whether it's true or not. Um, and I think it's just a new platform for it to get that connection to fans. And I'm kind of, I'm like in my millennial way, I'm getting used to it and I'm like enjoying it and enjoying discovering like meeting new fans on it. Yeah. But overall, I, it wasn't a huge consideration when I was making the album. It was more like I was trying to write songs that I wanted, I kind of wanted to say, I wasn't brave enough on the first album to say something because you you know you're brave enough to be trying to break through as an artist. So there's there's levels, you know? Sure. But now I've kind of broken through making this album. I was like, I really want to push the boundaries of like, and just make the music that I really enjoy. Because there's a lot, it's crippling amount of pressure. Yeah. And I think the lockdown came, like I was very grateful for that time. Yeah. I was quite scared to do it kind of with no help. Yeah. <laughs> but I turned to the fans and I turned to actually Instagram was amazing because I started doing weekly live streams and the fans actually helped me choose the music. So I think it's just about like the openness to let people kind of in. Yeah. But you can't force it. You can't write a song for TikTok. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You have to write something that's authentic because none of them have anything in common. Yeah. That's the thing. And whether it's, you know, Lizzo's like middle eight of like about damn time or whether it's the beginning of a song, you don't know which bit the people choose, Absolutely. you know? So you just have to kind of throw it to the wind and like Lost Without You in Love Island. That show didn't even exist when I wrote that song. Yeah. So it's like, people are like, there's an inherent link there now. Yeah. And there is, and I'm so, so grateful to it. But at the same time, you can't predict what's going to happen. All you can do is turn up authentically and consistently. Fireplaces, not fireworks. I am going to be using that. <laughs> love like, it. My brother love tells that. me for having the weirdest metaphors. But I love metaphors. <laughs> That's a cracker. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you back for track two. And I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me, Freya, the first song you remember hearing had an emotional impact on you, please. Um, so this one's a bit deep, actually. I'm not going to lie. The first song that I remember hearing that had an emotional impact on me was Yellow and Rose by James Taylor. And this isn't a song that, like, I played. This is a song my parents played on their, you know, sort of boombox yeah. thing. Um, and, yeah, they had a CD. And I remember that song was played a lot around the time that, basically, my mum was pregnant with my... Um, well, my sister, and she died very sadly. And I just remember like that time, you know, when you're going, kind of going through grief, but you don't really understand what it is. Because yeah. um, I was so young, I was like, I was thinking I was three or four years old. But I just remember that song like so vividly, just like, even if I hear it now, I am transported to that kitchen yeah. and us all kind of sitting around and we're such a kind of bubbly household. And we would all just sit around and just listen to this song and just kind of cry. And it, it took us years to kind of come through that. And then when my brother came along, like a miracle baby, when we were seven, we kind of like, we moved back into our joyful state. Yeah. But for me, that song is like a time machine because I hadn't listened to it ever since. Yeah. But I hear the beginnings of it. And even though it's quite upbeat at some points, I'm like, for me, you know, people message me a lot about Lost Without You and say they've used it at, you know, people, like people that loved one's funerals. And I'm like, that is such an honor. But if I actually think about it and I'm like, that actually has that level of connotation like that makes me feel like that it's just you can kind of put yourself in that position and be like oh that's what that feels like and it's just yeah. it's an immense honor that you know my music's ever been used for anything like that yeah. um but i hadn't even thought of this song until you brought this question to me before and it really hit me actually yeah frere if you had to pinpoint the emotion what was the emotion that you you get when you hear that I think it was such a kind of bittersweet time because, you know, I really, I wasn't really old enough to understand what was going on. 
but I understood that like my mum's laugh is like the best thing in the entire world and she's like got such a brilliant laugh it was actually how my dad fell in love with her he was in a play and he heard her laugh in the audience and was like I'm gonna marry that woman she got the best laugh and basically I just remember like that album that James Taylor album it had also been one of the first if not the first gig, gigs I ever went to for my mum's 40th birthday Oh, no, not 40th birthday. For one of her birthdays, we went to the Royal Albert Hall to see James Taylor. And I remember I wasn't big enough to see over the box, but I was yeah. like, um, <laughs> and I was absolutely just blown away. I was like, I didn't realise you could see music that you'd heard at home, someone playing it outside yeah. of the house. I was like, this is so cool. Um, and we loved that album. And then that album kind of after that period of grief took on a completely new connotation. Yeah. And I think they used to just play it like on repeat. Like that song just almost became kind of like my sister's song. And it's just so wild to me that it's like, I haven't heard it in this many years. It's really, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to keep you in the, the formative years for track three. And I'm going to ask you for to tell me the song. that. Rem- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Reminds you of your time at school, please. Um, the song that reminds me of my time at school is Mobile by Avril Lavigne. Okay, banger. So, absolute banger. <laughs> For me, that was the song that my dad was like, if you want to learn guitar, when I was like nine years old, he was like, if you want to learn guitar, you have to have a song that you love enough to want to play on guitar. And I was like, I want to play Avril Lavigne's Mobile, please. And I think the chords were like A minor, G, D, like C. I think it was like four chords. And with those four chords that I learned that song, because I was just obsessed with like, Let Go as an album was just impeccable, impeccable. It still freaks me out how 
talented Avril Lavigne actually, for being that young as well, she's kind of like the Olivia Rodrigo of her time. Like she's like a poet with an incredible voice. Um, but I learned that song and those are the chords that I went on to then write my first song on guitar with. So it's kind of, that was a huge thing for me at, at school to feel like I could, you know, at the next talent show or whatever there was, I was so shy and I was so ostracized at school that getting to stand up and play that, that song after listening to it on my like little blue iPod mini on the school bus every day at the back of the bus on my own, it felt like such an incredible, like I was like, wow, this song really helped me yeah. become an artist. Yeah. You said you were shy and I'm always interested when I speak to musicians and, and actors about this because I'm always fascinated with confidence and and where it comes from. And, you know, the fact that you've walked on these stages in front of these huge crowds of people and, and you're on your own performing, that's alien to most people. Could never comprehend, like, the fear that that, that, that will put inside <laughs> someone to do that. Um, yeah. Where does that confidence come from? Because you said, you know, you was a shy young girl, like, yeah, but you was you liked the idea of walking on that stage and performing at a talent show, you know, whether it be at yeah. or whatever. Where does the confidence come from? I think my family gave me a lot of like respect as a little person, and they gave me a lot of self esteem. You know, they my mum really championed me to have my own voice as a really you know yeah. young person. She didn't tell me I had to like you know kiss or hug anyone or like she was just very kind of like you know I had a great sense of self, and I think you know going to school and kind of not being respected or being bullied because I've like, you know, being a redhead or being tall or just being bigger than the other kids. But like, I, it was kind of an out of, it wasn't what I'd have known. And I was like really freaked out by that at school. So I just kind of shut down, went into my shell and playing music and playing music in front of people was the first time that I felt like I had been myself outside of the house. And it felt like this incredible, like, and also just the reaction. It was like, they treated me like, not just the human being for once. They treated me like I was actually amazing. And I was like, oh my God, like this is how my you know, my parents used to make me feel when I was younger, but I haven't felt like this for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, so for me, it does, it takes an insane amount of confidence, but at the same time, it's also like Beyonce said, you have to kind of like split personality yourself a little bit yeah. and be like, this is my performer self, which is how authentically I'm telling the truth through. But also I'm not gonna lie, like, the massive amount of support that I got from the second I stood on any stage and sang, like if even one or two people had been mean to me, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But they were just always like every open mic night I went to, the whole pub would like stop. And I was like, maybe I should keep doing this. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should keep doing this. And then you just build up and the, the adrenaline never leaves you. Like it just never does. And my mom always reminds me, she's like, remember the adrenaline of a show is like a car crash. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, when I like feel tired the next day after a big show, especially one where there's been a lot of build up or, you know, a lot of people are going to see it like Glastonbury. I was nervous for like two weeks before that. Like I literally felt like, you know, butterflies, like sick, nervous in my tummy for like two weeks. And the same with Graham Norton. I literally couldn't sleep properly. I was so excited. So I do you think it's smashed it though, Fra. Thank you. That's so <laughs> lovely. I honestly, I was, I was so nervous. Um, Cause I just, I love him. And I love that show so much. And it was such an incredible opportunity, but I do think a lot of performers are inherently very shy people. And they almost like, they get to kind of put on a different hat for like an hour. Yeah. And it feels amazing because you're not that confident in normal life. You know, I still get nervous when I'm just like talking to people. Yeah. But yeah, somehow I can stand on the stage in front of like 30,000 people and be totally fine. It's crazy, when, right? Once you're out there, it's kind of like <laughs> jumping out of a plane. You have nowhere, you've done it. Yeah. You know, but sitting on the edge of the plane is the scariest bit. Right before you go on, you're like, oh my God. Um, 
but it is it's a privilege to like have this level of people like support you that's the truth yeah was there ever any question when you you know you was in your sort of formative years uh, as a teen as to what you wanted to do when you left school it's so interesting because basically I did this open mic night when I was 11 years old at school and my parents came my school was really far away so they didn't really get to come to a lot of things ever but they brought my baby brother and it meant so much to have him there because we're so close and also I was very like left out at school so to see them there I was like this is amazing and I went on stage and I played two songs that I'd written and the whole place just went like wild like people who had never even like looked at me in the eye before or like older kids who were like really cool who didn't even know that I existed were like what and I was like oh my I'm not good at anything else I promise like I am awful at maths like so bad <laughs> like spelling shit like I really don't read because it scares me to read like I love like audiobooks and like talking with people podcasts wonderful yeah. but it's like for me like I was being being dyslexic growing up meant that academically you weren't rewarded for that and yeah. I, honestly, I was like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I don't know what I would have done if I wasn't yeah. good at this. I really don't. So that kind of makes it easier in a way. Because yeah. you're like, the reason why I did my GCSEs at all was so I could get into the Brit school. And you needed five GCSEs. And me and my mum, we worked so hard together to get me those five GCSEs. And then it's like, you get to do these immense things. But, you know, no one ever asks you how many GCSEs you've got. You know, it's yeah. really funny. <laughs> Tell me about the first record you remember buying oh okay so there's kind of two okay um the first single i remember buying is me and my um well actually my neighbors we were all three girls in the same year and one of their dads took us to the cinema one saturday um and they they were like oh you can go into hmv and choose a single and i was like really i was like wow because my dad had like millions of cds he's obsessed with music obsessed um but i'd never bought my own with my own money i was like "Hmm, interesting um, and I went in and I looked around and I remember I'd seen like Pink get the party started on top of the pops. And I was like, oh my God, I love her. And her bright, like her hair and like the, the cover looked really cool. And it was Pink and I was like, oh, well, I'll get this. So that was my first like um, single. And then my first album that I picked up after that, because I got a bit addicted to HMV. Um, my dad took me and I got uh, Sugar Babes, Angels with Dirty Faces, which I still think is a fantastic album. Absolutely. I'm really excited that they're making a comeback because they deserve it. It's great pop songs on that. Yeah, I just, I loved like empowering female pop songs was what I was like yeah. raised on. You know, like when I first, because it's a huge thing when you first get to choose your own music because before, you know, it's what your parents listen to. And then suddenly you're like, this is a choice. And it's yeah. so interesting. And I do feel like, you know, through those teen years, I've heard it's like your hormones are so high that the music you imprint on is like for life. You know, yeah. that's the music you're going to love for life. Yeah. And I feel like it's so true. Those like big female like pop bangers yeah. that I'm just like, Ah, they always make me feel so happy. <laughs> I, I heard an interview uh, the other day with Noel Gallagher, and he said something I thought was quite interesting about um, sort of the connection between artist and, uh, and and listener. And he said there's a sort of sweet spot when you're young, when you're the same age as your audience, and you're writing about stuff that your audience gets, and then yeah. obviously oasis become superstars and like you know and i referenced the arctic monkeys straight away i thought well of course that first arctic monkeys album they're just talking about being a working class scally in 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 sheffield and and then obviously now they write rock and roll classics but for them them, that first point you've got that shared connection with your with your audience and i only heard it last week and i was like that's really really crazy that like you just get that sort of sweet spot where you're the same age as your your listener 
Yeah. I feel like that's something that I was really imprinted on, like with Taylor Swift specifically. Mm. I feel like she was only, a, I don't know, three or four years older than me. And it was like, she was like a roadmap, like for so many young girls. We're like, this way. We're like, this yeah. way, Taylor. We just followed her. And as she's grown as a person, you're like, she's always that, like, Anna Adele and Florence. It's like these yeah. sort of three, I feel like they're my holy trinity yeah. titans that just, they never stop growing. And you never stop following them. Yeah. And you're like, that's just amazing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But they're, they're just phenomenal songwriters. And I think no one can take that away from them. And I love that. And that's what they taught me. It was like, you can play your own instruments. And just, yeah, I think being the same age as someone is such a beautiful thing. Because you're like, this is how I'm feeling right yeah. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm interested to like grow with this next fan base. Like even people who are like eight-year-old girls, you know, on the last album. And are like 12-year-old girls yeah. on this album. And it's like, that's so cool. Yeah. That, you know, we get to kind of like grow together from like, you know, young to teens. Love it. Love it. Fra, let's go clubbing. Tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. Well, you're young. You should still be clubbing. I don't know why I'm asking you to look back at this. It's it's really funny you say clubbing because I'm not not sure I've ever technically been clubbing. I'm not even exaggerating. I don't think I have. But the song that was the closest, I'd say, to clubbing was when I was at Brit School, we got to be invited. I mean, the main reason I wanted to go to the Brit School was to go to the Brit Awards. Yeah. and it was the first year they changed it and they put us like right at the back in the nosebleed seats. And I thought we were going to be front row and I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but we went to the pre-Brits, um, like the award nominations show. And we were in the crowd and like, I think I forgot my glasses. So I was a bit blind. Um, I forgot my contacts. I was like, I can't see. But basically Tiny Temper came out with Ellie I'm going to say, up until now, this sounds shocking. You've gone there and you can't <laughs> see what's going on. I, I hope this gets better. But I was like squinting. I was like, and, and it meant that I went closer to the front than I'd normally go because yeah. I couldn't see nothing. So I was like, I'll go up to the front. And I don't know what happened, but we just like jumped up and down and had the best time yeah. to, I think he did a mashup of her like stop. What was the song? It was like Pass Out was yeah. the main Tiny Temper song. And then Ellie Golding did maybe like anything had happened. I don't know. It was like a mashup. But anyway, I just remember being like, that is the closest I felt to all jumping up and down simultaneously. And I had like the best evening. I remember we all got on the school coach bus going home and I was like, I'm happy now. I've lived. That was great. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the Indigo in the O2. Wonderful. Wild. Loved it. Wonderful. So have you not sort of, um, like a night out? I mean, easy. I find it really interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. Like so many... Um, artists that I speak to, when it gets to this question, will go, yeah, I don't really do clubbing. Am I've I- never done it. I don't think I have. I really don't. I've played so many gigs and I've been to so many gigs yeah. in clubs, but I'm not sure I've ever been intentionally clubbing. Yeah. I'd love to. It sounds great. Yeah. But my drummer is like a security, he owns a security company at Ministry of Sound. And I'm always like, I should go. That sounds fun. But um, <laughs> It's all yeah, about I that did, clubbing like, you know, stuff. You should do it one day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe it's still yet to come. Who knows? Wonderful. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wonderful. I'm interested. You said that um, your dad had uh, a huge CD collection. So, and, and obviously, you mentioned the, the, the James Taylor track earlier. Mm. Um, was there music on at home all the time? It, there was, and then there wasn't. It was kind of like the CD player was like really high up, and I was young, and my mum was like really short. So, my dad was pretty much the only one who could put on the music. So when he used to like bring it down when my mom was like cooking and then she put on her stuff, their music is quite different. He's more kind of folky, um, but then also big pop bangers. And then she's a lot more like kind of rocky and bluesy. Yeah. Um, although I do, I think she listened to like the Chris Isaac soundtrack, which is beautiful, like Wiki Games. She listened to that so much that she's like, I think all of your chord choices are Chris Isaac influenced. I'm like, yeah. I agree. Um, Cause there's something about it. It's just amazing. But also there was a lot of like the Blues Brothers soundtrack that, that was permanently on yeah. or in the car actually is a time where we all as a family just like accept that this is a fantastic album. Like David Gray, White Ladder was always our coming home song from any kind of road trip. Yeah. Um, we just always listened to it. And actually Noel Gallagher, High Flying Birds, the first album, yeah. loved that. Um, there was just, yeah, my mom is kind of a lot more like upbeat and like brass and like bah, 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 yeah. and my dad's a lot more like guitars and like slow so i think like for this next album i've really integrated the two there's a lot of acoustic yeah. guitars but there's a lot of brass as well yeah so so how is it for your, how is it for your dad uh to see you am i right in saying you done did you did you play with tears for fears yeah so was that like a bit of a moment because you know I, i'm probably not too much uh younger than your dad and and you know that band were like soundtracked like the best part of yeah. my, my, my life and and you know yeah, if, yeah. if you're into sort of guitar music how was that to sort of get and, and play with, with with you know titans of the it industry a, it was amazing it was amazing because it wasn't the kind of time where i was even vaguely playing those kind of venues and it was at the royal albert hall yeah. and it was so crazy because i was getting into vision boarding and i basically i was like madness i'm gonna put a uh, royal albert hall on my vision board but I'm like, I haven't even played like a 600 cap venue. I haven't even played a 300 cap. I was like, that seems impossible right now. Yeah. But I put on a picture that was a mic looking out at an empty Royal Albert Hall, like kind of red and blurry in the background and focused on the mic. And I think it was three weeks later, I was stood on that stage about to support Tears for Fears. And in the soundtrack, I, I brought my camera, I took a picture and it is like side by side, the exact same picture. That's and insane. after that, I was like, I was like, I was like, I believe in vision boarding now. I didn't believe it before. I'm not going to lie. I was like, it's a bit whatever. But it, after that, yeah, mother of God, that happened so quickly. And I think it was also just like this big, it was just such a big deal. Like, yeah, Tears yeah, and Fears are just a massive band and influence. And my dad was obsessed with Mad World. Yeah. Remember when the cover of it went, um, Gary Christmas Jules, number one? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I think he might have bought, I think he might have bought enough copies to send it to number one. He was like determined that that song, that like a, a beautiful you know, Ballad was going to beat the, whatever the X Factor song sure. was. He was obsessed. Um, and yeah, he he does, he likes to sort of be like, oh yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Like, like no matter what you tell me, <laughs> but I know this is going to happen. But I think that was actually, because it was such a stark, like, boom, it kind of, 
yeah, I think he did actually think it was cool. I think he was like, this is really cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I'm going to take you home for track six. Um, Freya, tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. From my home county? Oh, you've gone country, haven't you? Fear oh, not, fear not, Freya, of, of the 480 episodes of this podcast I've done, about 460 people have said exactly what you just said. Oh, can't they? Wait, oh, you know I've what? Can country. I change my answer then? Because I have, I have a correct one. Okay, so from my home county. Which is? Actually, she literally was born like down the road. So where is this? Where's home county? Where? What is the home county? Oh, so London, like North London. Cool. Um, so I would say like Adele was born in Tottenham. Perfect. And I was born in Tottenham, which is incredible. So watching her like just become the Titan queen that she is was so inspiring to me. Yeah. Um, and when I heard "Set Fire to the Rain," that was I took that song into. I was at the Brit School at the time that she was about to put out Twenty One. And I remember one of the teachers was friends with Adele still. And we were going on a school trip to go and write some songs at a hospice, which was really, really magical, like helping people. And she was like, Adele has sent me a new demo of something off her new album. And I was like, well, let's hear it. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And she played it in the car for like four of us who she was taking on this trip. And I remember just my jaw was just like, "Uh -uh," and it was like jaw dropping. (laughs) I'm going to change my answer. Actually, to be fair, it was rolling in the deep. It was rolling in the deep, I take it back. So basically... It was rolling in the deep. And I remember hearing the guitar chords and I was like, it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then the chorus came and I was like, like it was like my face exploded off my skull. And I was like, mother <laughs> of God. I was like, that might be the one of the best songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And then I was like, it hadn't even come out yet. And I just felt weirdly, I mean, as the rest of the world did, so imprinted on that album. Because I loved the first one. Chasing Pavements was great. But I was like, how could she, like the leap was just like, astronomical in terms of songwriting and just like the production and everything was just 10 out of 10 and it just really warms my heart that it it did as well as it did because I was like I knew it the second I heard it I was like "Mm." yeah and then I I made my dad like the first day it came out like the midnight it came out like we went and got it because I was like we have to go get this album and listen to it the whole way through um so yeah from home county it would be Adele rolling in the deep I don't think there is a better song to be fair it's kind of freakish it's just amazing every time I listen to it like it just brings you back to like you just feel so strong whether you're like walking or running to it oh amazing wonderful wonderful Fra, this is the last track and this is where you get to be um as as as, as you youngsters like to call it an influencer and uh and so I'm going to ask you please to tell me a song that you think many of my listeners may not know that you would like them to hear please so the song that I've chosen that many of our listeners might not have heard yet, but I think would really, really love is a song called Art of Letting You Go, The Art of Letting You Go by you and James Phillips. And um, for me, this one's very close to my heart because that is indeed my husband. I'm so proud of him. Um, but basically the reason why this song specifically, he's really so many wonderful songs. He's like folk indie singer songwriter and, and helped me produce a lot of the songs on my next album as well. He's phenomenal. Like he built a shed studio in with his bare hands in lockdown to help me make some of these songs. So I'm very grateful to him for everything really. But this song specifically, so over the last sort of two years, they've kind of been going through as a family, like a little bit of kind of grief of like losing their dad. Well, they didn't, he's not dead, but he just has kind of like gone off to sort of do his own thing. But basically, they've handled it like troopers and they've been so, so brave, but I've never really seen him open up about that side of how he feels about things when it comes to that. He's been very like brave and like helping his mom and his family. 
but this song is like basically a letter like to his dad and like the whale at the end like is so beautiful like it literally like fills my eyes with tears and the second he put it out like he's an independent artist and Spotify put it on the most beautiful songs in the world playlist which is the second time he's been on that playlist and like record label, major record labels fight to get people on that playlist and can't and he has no support and has done it on his own just from like just submitting the song with like a really heartfelt you know really really heartfelt lyrically and so I'm just I'm incredibly proud of him and I think when you say something that's that brave I think it deserves championing and just to watch the response it's had especially when you know you can try and write poppier songs and what you think people want and then you can just say the thing that is true to you and just watch people just like gravitate to it like moths to a flame like you know so it's kind of really warmed my heart to see his bravery being received that well um and i'm just yeah i'm just really proud of him and i'm really grateful to how much he's helped me with this album and how helped how much he's helped me be brave in my own music from watching him yeah so um yeah that's the song i think people should listen to it's very cinematic absolutely and and it's on the right titled playlist because i uh, i listened to it for the first time this morning and the, the beautiful is, is what resonates from it it's a beautiful record and uh Thanks. yeah re- re- really really loved it and Frau, we make it really easy for for people to go and find that because um if they're not already on the the uh, that playlist we put together a, a playlist to accompany this podcast with all of your song choices uh, oh, on nice. there. and obviously uh, your music will be on there as well um Freya, looking ahead now um what can people expect from from Freya? what's happening i was- I'm so excited. I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> I have put so, I mean, people don't say this enough, but I have put so much love into this album. It's a ridiculous, like I have tried so hard and I know that's not like the goal is trying, but I've tried to let go and just let my soul like come through this album. And to, I thought, I thought of saying the things that scared me the most. And at the time I was like, I can't do it. Every single song on this album, for some reason, I've been like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too scared. Yeah. And I've done it and I've made it the kind of, music that I really love, which is like real instruments and real like, you know, hand claps, brass, like real people I know playing on it. You know, the first album, strange people come up to me like, I played on her album. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. I'm really sorry. Like, thank you for playing on it. But I wanted to have much more ownership over, you know, the people and the, it's kind of like food, you know, if someone you love has made it, you can taste it. And I think the first album, I was so stressed and I was so worried. And this one, I was like, I'm just determined to just have you know, a good time, a brave time, and just really like dig deep and kind of try and grow through this music. And so I think people can expect a lot of like, still, I'd say there's still ballads in there for sure, but also there's a lot more kind of organic, euphoric, like fire, you know? There's one called Wither on the Vine that's like one of my favorites on the album. And I played almost every instrument on that track, apart from the brass. I played like the drums and the guitar and the BBs and, and there was something so beautiful about hearing stuff that, you know, you've done BBs in the shed at 1am in the morning, like, what? And I did this kind of like Bodicea, like battle cry kind of thing. And we played it at Latitude on the main stage for the first time over the summer. It was the first time we played it. And I just, like hearing it come out of like the speakers, like, we were just like, what? And like to like 40,000 people, I literally like full body chills. It was one of the coolest moments of my life. And I'm just, I can't believe that it's not out in the world yet. Like, yeah. I still get to experience that. I, I feel very lucky. Yeah, very excited. <laughs> Wonderful. Fra, if people want to um, go and find out about the record, the, the tour dates, everything that, that you're up to this year, where's the best place to keep up to speed with you? So Instagram is like my main thing, but Instagram, Facebook, and also my website is where you can, probably tour dates will probably be there, the easiest you can find them. But we're working on 
tour routing at the moment and we're looking at the end of the year for like yeah. Europe, the UK and Ireland. So I'm really excited for that. Wonderful. Yeah. What's the web address? Oh, freyaridings.com, I think. Oh, you didn't say that, but with much confidence there. <laughs> I don't. I think if you type in freyaridings into Google, which I never yeah. do, then that would be a good shout. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes of this podcast so people can do it uh, nice and easy. And if it's cool with you, we'll tag you in it on the socials when this comes out. So if people aren't following you already, they can go and do so. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Freya, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for your time today. You it's so been a much, lovely dude. chat. Is... I love this. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. How lovely was Freya? Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We had a great chat afterwards. Um, honestly, go check out um, the last track on the playlist, um, Ewan's track. And we spoke afterwards. We're going to try and get uh, Ewan on as well to, to do an episode um, because it's some beautiful music there. Um, love Freya's energy. Um, it's, 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 we, we recorded that uh, quite early uh, on a Friday morning. And oh, I'm wide awake now. Um, it was a, 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 a real... I love it when people get excited like that about music and certainly when it's they're super hyped about what they've created and yeah so go go um pre-order and uh, the, the the new record go go follow Freya and uh, and in the meantime go and uh, get stuck into that back catalog and go and watch that um Graham Norton performance because it's 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 majestic and magical. Um I'm back next time in the meantime please go and in, explore and enjoy the back catalog as I said before Nearly 500 episodes, all there for free. All your favourite musicians, DJs, producers, actors, they're all there to be enjoyed for free. If you'd like to support the podcast, head over to the website and uh, and that's where you'll find links to the social media platforms uh, and essentially the, the Patreon, which I'd love you to check out. You can click the link to the Patreon and then there'll just be a little video of my big old head just going, this is what you get. And... Uh, and if you want to sign up, sign up. If you don't, no worries. We'll be back next time. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, just be pretty lovely to each other. And uh, check out the website, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.